This WebmasterRadio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. Today's forecast calls for 6 to 12 inches and temperatures will only be in the teens overnight. So bundle up and make... Imagine you're planning your end of year reports, planning for next year. What are you going to do to monetize more in 2011? We're going to have clear and sunny skies with a perfect day of weather for everyone coming to AFCON 2010. Warm up your marketing strategies this December in our winter oasis for affiliate marketers. AFCON 2010 Miami, December 8th through 10th at the Fairmont Turnberry Isle Resort in Aventura, Florida. Sign up now at AFCON2010.com. That's A-F-F-C-O-N 2010.com. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Your radio target is locked, and you have reached strike point. Webmaster Radio stretches its microphones across the Atlantic to bring you the strike points. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Welcome to Strike Point. We are live again, and it's Monday, October 11, and today I have a very special guest star because David couldn't make it as we announced last week. I think he's away on some conference or something, um, but we have a very special guest star today, Deezer Johnson. Um, Deezer, uh, I want to give just a quick presentation here. Um, Deezer is one of the first people I think I met in SEO for real, uh, I think goes back to 99 or maybe 2000 so i think we passed a 10-year anniversary mm-hmm. um she was uh, the editor of one of the first seo communities i would say the iSearch email list and today to most of you guys out there it may sound a little bit old-fashioned with an email list and, and indeed it was but it was it was a cornerstone of the very beginning of this industry and i think just about any any of the top seos around the world used to frequent that um, that newsletter um, and we posted there and it came out every week. Everything was a lot more slow. I think it was weekly it came out, so it was a lot slower than what we're used to today. Uh, also, Deezer um, came out of, and, and that I think where I saw it originally as well. Um, uh, she came out of the early industry crowd in Bend, Oregon. And I think we mentioned this before on StrikePoint. I kind of consider Bend almost like the birthplace of SEO. This is this is where so many of the great SEOs of all time that are still around uh, came out of, besides uh, these of course, uh, Marshall Simmons and Derek Wheeler and, and so many more. There seem to be, I don't know why, maybe maybe these can explain more about that, what was so special about the environment in Bend that, that all these great people came out of it. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, also, I worked with, um, yeah. with so oh, uh, years, and I remember we, you know, this is just one good example of how adventures in, 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 in her thinking show we've been. Like, I think it's almost 10 years before Wolfram Alpha that, that Deezer, uh, I would say, of all this, invented the answer machine, turning search around from, 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 turning search results to turning answers and of course she never got around to build it which of course cost a lot of money (laughs) but um also last thing i want to say is and uh, this is a little bit of a reference to um, the show we had a couple weeks ago with uh, ann kennedy 
where we talked talk a lot about women in search and and specifically why there are so few uh, women in search that are that are hot on on the technical side of it. And, and I must say that that this is definitely one of the exceptions in our business as being one of the the very few women that are very hardcore when it comes to technical. So. Um, Having said all that, um, welcome, Deezer, my very good friend and esteemed colleague, Johnson. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Mikkel. Um, boy, it's great to hear your voice and talk with you on the air again. How fun. And I, I really am um, extremely uh, happy and proud to have uh, had that wonderful introduction. I mean, it's been a long time. I think, as you referenced, you know, 1999 or 2000, we had our own conference in Denmark, remember? It was yep. when, yeah, the SES show. And uh, even before that, we met in uh, Sweden um, with um, Lennart, Lennart uh, Svensson, yeah? yeah? <laughs> or no, that's your last name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always forget his last name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Svanberg. 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 Exactly. Yes. <clears throat> Leonard. And um, that was fun. And that's when Jim Wilson came out, too. Remember Jim? Jim's not with us anymore. But Jim was yeah. a, another stalwart that had uh, the big form in the old days. And iSearch, I miss it. You know, I mean, today's blog comment spam is hard to wade through with the trolls out there and I, I definitely had the, the list that dealt with trolls because we we had a lot of posts to iSearch that were uh, you know flames and rotten tomatoes and I kept it civil uh, that's what a good moderator does and you know people think well if it's a blog they just publish it and they just let the trolls have at it in the comments and who cares well you know yeah, and, and I think uh, maybe some people are listening to the show now don't actually know what 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 an email list like like it was <laughs> ten years ago. What what it actually was, but but it was like it was a moderated um, way of communicating. So you you basically sent in these comments uh, to what what was put in the newsletter last week or any new topic that you want to bring up, and you put and you sent those as emails to the editor, uh, which was Deezer back at that time. Um, and 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 then you you sorted out all those posts and you picked the very good ones and then you you compiled the newsletter and sent it out. It was like what was it like 10, 20 posts or something in a newsletter. So it was it was no more than you could actually sit down and read it and and all of it was really really high quality. So it was much much slower than what we used to today, with twittering and everything being live. Um, but it was of a much higher quality, I would say, than than a lot of the stuff we see now. Yeah, I think that's what's missing today is that there's more noise. And not that that's, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to say we should turn back the dial because oh. I love Twitter. <laughs> it's my yeah. favorite thing. And there's no more noise than on Twitter, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I love it. I love what's going on. It's just that back then there was more, uh, there were just fewer people and the noise was certainly, uh, it was just a much quieter environment to work in. Yeah, and that's it. I think it would be very difficult, if not impossible, to do something similar to iSearch today because there's simply too many people. Because the great thing about iSearch was, I mean, I came when, when I came into the business, iSearch was already there. And I think it, back then it was Marshall Simmons who originally uh, was the editor on it, and then you came on after Marshall, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so it was already established. And I think that what was great about iSearch was that on one hand, you had every single SEO in the world that knew anything about SEO. He was on that list. 
<laughs> and and they posted stuff, so it was really great stuff. But also, there was there was room enough for a more newbie like me to come in and 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 contribute with um, the stuff that I could contribute with. So it was a very open community, and I think it would be impossible today to have both every single uh, uh, SEO that knows anything and plus being open to every newbie, and it would just be too crowded or too noisy. Yeah, the um, parting advice that Marshall gave, uh, Marshall is now with the New York Times Company, um, uh, some parting advice, uh, one of the best pieces of that was, you know, try to allow, um, you know, uh, someone who's relatively new to post to, and, uh, and, and he said that he liked to start off the list digest with something relatively easy to just get people into reading the rest without you know, starting off with something so complex that they would just, you know, even the people who could understand it haven't really switched gears yet in their mind. So I liked that a lot, and I try to continue doing that in anything else I do, whether it's for clients or, uh, you know, writing something for a blog now. Yeah, that actually that's actually a very good tip, I think, for any, any newsletter to start mm-hmm. it out that way, and I never thought about it in, in, in that um, in that way, but that made that makes total sense. Uh, I just know that that um, search did um, did work out uh, really really well. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. eventually, like like most stuff, it it kind of kind of died out. Um, Everything seems to die at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I did try to resurrect iSearch as search return in 2005, but even by then, blogging was already picking up steam so much that no one cared. Because if you send a comment in, but you won't see it appear for two, three days, uh, it's not the same as just commenting and having it appear almost, you know, immediately. Um, and you know, with Twitter, it really is immediate. It's your own voice. Um, I think that um, it was fun, and only the old school people really contributed. And I just kept it alive as a news source for a while, various things I was writing, but it became too much to do uh, alone when, uh, when also yeah. in business. And <laughs> so I kind of I just let it subside for a bit. Um, and I'm going to change the search or turn around now into uh, something entirely different. So. Yeah, and we're gonna come back to that um, in a in a little bit. But um, I want to go back uh, even even before um, this whole SEO game started out because uh, there's a uh, there's a funny thing that we 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 both came out of the music business before. That's right. Uh, you were you were playing uh, mostly uh, playing the guitar, really good guitar player by the way. Um, and uh, and I was in in, in production uh, in. In each end of the world, so to speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> you being on the U.S. side of me in, in Denmark. Uh, so it's it, and, and and actually, I, I met a lot of people over the years, and I remember we talked a lot about that in the early days. That there were so many musicians and producers and people in the music business that that transisted in, uh, transformed into to uh, SEO uh, around that time. Uh, we're talking late nineties, uh, uh, so ninety six, seven, eight. Um, and I remember we talked about it back then, and 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 um, why it was such a seemed to be such a natural move for 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 people in the music business to go into SEO. Um, why did you um, go that way? Why did you? I, I, I know you didn't give up music, but you pursued a different professional career at least. <laughs> <laughs> why, why was that? Yeah, I um actually it's funny. I just finished writing a post 
uh, for a blog about, and they asked me how I got into SEO, and I brought up the music. Um, what's true is, for me, I um, had um, a long time before I was, uh, you know, playing as an accomplished musician, and then what ended up happening was. Uh, um, actually, even before then, really what it was, was I had taken note that recording gear was changing from analog to digital. And I just thought that was fascinating that in the Peter Gabriel <laughs> So album, you know, the record with uh, Yusser and Adur on it, um, and and uh, Red Rain and that sort of, that those songs, um, Sledgehammer. So anyway, that was all done purely digitally from recording all the way through to the end of the mastering process. And that fascinated me. And um, then I had read, uh, by happen chance, a piece in the LA Times in the you know mid, early, early 80s, mid-80s, about this new technology called a digital modem which was you know, using telecommunications networks to, to connect computer to computer. And they said that you know, normally it would take these huge switches the size of a refrigerator to do that from university to university, but that this new digital modem was going to connect you know, people uh, you know, in the household to computers. And I thought, well, that makes sense. As a musician, uh, I, know I can distribute my music online. Or, you know, back then it wasn't online. I just figured I could distribute my music through this new technology and then just wait for it to mature. So uh, several years later, I got my hands on a computer and a 14.4 baud modem and I was surfing <laughs> bulletin boards. <laughs> so after that, it was literally SEO history, you know. Um, I ended up... Uh, learning all of that, and then getting into uh, getting into the web uh, when it became popular, and getting into uh, programming for the web, and that I that just made you know much easy money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. It, I think that that the, I heard this kind of a similar story from from most of the musicians that that moved from um, from music biz to um, to to internet biz in, in in the late 90s because uh it was kind of the same with me because um i had a rush with the music business from the early 80s and up until the mid 90s or something there was I, that was probably the golden age of, of the music business. There was so much money. I mean, and even, even I mean, local acts in Denmark was selling 300 to 500,000 copies. And I mean, we're talking a country that is about a third of the size of New York City. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, we, there's two million households. So, so basically the best selling acts were selling like an album for every four households. Uh, it was outrageously good at that time. But the same thing, of course, applies to music business in the U.S. But then, by the by the mid nineties, as everybody knows now, the music business declined. There's a lot of reasons, and we're not going to talk about all that today. But music business basically declined, and then this new thing came up: the internet. Uh, and and I I I only actually came onto it in 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 a late part of the mid nineties uh, when 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 um, when it all became graphical. Uh, back in the BBS days and 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 all texting and stuff, I wasn't I wasn't that catched onto it. It was too geeky for me, I guess, or, or something. But <laughs> when it turned graphic uh, with with uh, World Wide Web, uh, that really caught my attention. And and the rest is history, more or less. But I think a lot of us 
is, is one of the first things we did online, discovered the, the, the magic of search engines, and which we're going to talk a lot more about, was a totally different different game back then. But the whole the, the, the whole mystery around how do these web pages turn up? Why do they turn up? And and you know that that curiosity, <laughs> and realizing that very very. Uh, so, um, the, the, um, we're going to have to take a very short break to um, present our sponsors. This is, as you know, a sponsored show. So um, to pay the staff in in the studio and get everything running. So. Um, Please uh, welcome our sponsors, and we will be back with a lot more chat about uh, the old days of SEO in just a couple of minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break, only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> if you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, Look for the Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for the Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from seofox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And seofox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEOfox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at SEOfox.com. That's SEOfox.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. Purse Strings, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to StrikePoint. We are live today with special guest Deesa Johnson. So we uh, talk a lot about the very early, the early days of SEO and before um, before the, we we came into the SEO business and um, I searched and how it all started out there. Um, so uh, what are you into now these days? Oh uh, well, I'm completely mobilized. 
Um, and that's not just mobile SEO, but I want to deliver services mobile, like basically boots on the ground, go and uh, service a client in their office or at Starbucks, and I can still form documents and things and work completely out of the clouds. I mean, if we are doing SEO, then their site should show up in rankings wherever I'm accessing it from. I mean, that's the whole point. So it doesn't have to be tied to a desktop. It should be on mobile devices. It should be on browsers going through proxies for anything else, you know. So um, really uh, it's that and the software which I've written to try to uh, further mobilize my office space. So, I mean, does everything work perfectly mobile? No, but it's a close enough approximation to working in a cubicle and in a day like today, I'd rather be outside than in a cubicle. It's just that simple. Um, <laughs> and with the crawler that works on a phone, I can do business development using standing in line for waiting for an amusement park ride. I mean, I just pull the phone out and start using it. And if somebody happens to overhear a conversation about search and ask a question, I go, well, what's your website? That's all I need to know. And I start crawling them and saying, oh, yeah, you got this going on and this and this and this right from the from the phone and i don't even have to have my ipad with me and so i think that this is uh, this is so cool um what is it what is the name of of um of the crawler the crawler is um what do you brand it yeah i programmed it with javascript and it's uh called squid and the javascript bookmarklet is called squidlet so I'll be, you know, um, putting together a new version here pretty soon, but you can find it now. And it's the, you don't have to upgrade anything. It's Since it's a bookmark, the code and upgrading new toolbar features and access is going to happen pretty much um, just uh, automatically for you. You just load it up and the new screens will be available. So, Because I've written a new version using CSS3 with sliding graphs and all this fun stuff. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, yeah, maybe you could explain a little bit about the technology behind it because it, it, it's it's um, it's kind of interesting. I think uh, the, the the approach that you took to it, which is very different than than, than most application development uh, processes that that, uh, that I know of. So, well, maybe those, you can explain. That, those that know me know I like to be a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely different than the crowd. Um, the um, the way that I approached this is. Um, first of all, I want a database that is super fast that will always produce results and be available to me on mobile. So I don't want it to house very much information. I want it to be as fast as Twitter. I also want it to be um, as fast as Twitter. I want it to be as scalable as Twitter too because um, so I've actually I've, I've got a hosting scenario where I could really scale up as fast as Twitter has grown and, and handle it. So I'm not going to need that kind of scale, but it's fun to have and it makes it lightning fast. So what are, you, what, what are you doing with, um, uh, with, the, with the hosting or scaling of it? Yeah, the hosting, it's, it's all on Rails machine out of Atlanta on the backbone. So, um, and I'm on a plan that as need arises, it will just, you know, it will just start deploying on more and more machines. Yeah. So, um, the, uh, the thing that um, on the front end that it does, which is interesting, is a series of prototypes uh, features that actually work now. So, um, first of all, you know, a crawler is nothing unless it can communicate with the database and transmit data down. So it does that. 
And then, um, then also, it needs to be able to crawl a website and calculate scores, not just from one page. So you can load up a toolbar if you've got a page loaded in a Firefox and just start getting scores from that page. That's one thing. That's nice. But to crawl a whole website and get scores, you know, there are, there are tools and services that do that too, and that's great. But to have that second, you know, more advanced version available to you on a mobile phone or any kind of device... Yeah, that's, that's a cool of, thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the cool thing. It has nothing to do with the fact that I can do it. It has everything to do with how I deliver. So that um, that's what makes it very different. And um, because it's distributable like this on different devices, you could be operating on a phone or a Firefox. Your agent is the only sort of link back to you. You can change agents and just start crawling again. So you'll never really, this is not really, this is like a, almost a peer-to-peer. -peer. It's like a Napster of crawlers. Yeah, because uh, the thing is that you, you the, the, the client application, and this is what I think is, is, is very special, is that the, you program the client application in, in JavaScript, right? Right. Which is, uh, you know, of course, I mean, we've all seen more or less advanced stuff being done in, in, in JavaScript with Ajax and all kinds of, of, of funny things you can do. But but it's very rare that, that I've seen anybody uh, do something like you uh, with, with, with a full application. And, and, of course, it opens up for a whole set of, 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 of portability uh, options and, and, and as you're saying, running it from a, a, a smartphone or running it from a desktop or notebook or whatever is possible um, when you do it that way. As, as long, of course, as, as you, um, you have the, the agent or the, sorry, the client uh, available to you that, that it's written for, but since you've written it for, for, um, for, for the for the WebKit browsers, then then it's really no problem because those are available on platforms. Right, and the web the WebKit browser is, um, you know, I mean, it's it's a multitude, including Chrome from Google. So, yeah, yeah it's built for SEOs. I mean, I just chose that platform and 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 uh, went with it. Um, there, you know, we have support for Firefox, and it actually loads up some of the tool in Opera. So it'll work on an Opera as well. Okay. Yeah. Which so I think I, is, uh, I guess, is still um, very common on... Um, on uh, mobile devices. Mac and Mac, yeah. Yeah, and definitely mobile. Their mobile browser is pretty popular. Um, the, uh, the thing is that it, the features that it does, that it handles, is um, just grabbing page scores, of course, but also crawling the site underneath and calculating and, uh, I mean, using JavaScript is, is great for this. So it's, it's fetching pages in the background and gathering stats from the background pages and coming up with other scores. Now, the score that I get from that toolbar, I've trademarked or service marked, I should say, um, page rank integrity. Okay. Yeah. So how do you, how do you, what, what is uh, that calculation based on? Well, in its most rudimentary form, and the rest of the magic is stuff that I'll keep uh, until I publish it, is, um, but I'll tell you after the call. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the basic calculation is just a measure of internal links versus outbound. Yeah. So if, if you've got a website, you want to know generally how much of, it, of the website, how much of its juice is really 
there inside the site versus just give, giving it out. If it's a free-for-all and they're linking frivolously to everybody, it's not, it's not worth getting a link. If they're really tight and you get a link, boy, that's worth a lot. But it, it can also care. See, the reason why I wanted to start there in a, in a rudimentary calculation is that the rest of it is to do with characterizing a site, classifying a site. Is this site... You know, because some sites that link out a lot are actually still high-quality sites. They just link out. I mean, that's the nature of Yahoo to link out to other sites. Originally, the directory. Yeah, or about.com or. Yeah, and so I mean, those things are great, but you'd be you'd think that you know, like Craigslist would be loosey-goosey, but they're not. They're totally tight. Try getting a link from Craigslist. Well, you're not going to get one, you know. Mm, yeah. So I mean, there's there's those kind of calculations that I have going into the into the score. That sounds very interesting. Um, so where do you um, is it, it it's, set, it's available now, right? Um. Yes. The uh, yeah. Visit squid.searchreturn.com, and uh, that's to go straight there. Otherwise, you can just go to searchreturn.com because it's easier to remember and follow a link to the tool. That sounds very interesting. Um, I'm definitely going to look more into it. Um, I have not done that so much so far. So um, I'll get into that. And I think it sounds like something the rest of you guys out there listening should as well. So, um, well, I want to go a little bit back again to... Um, <laughs> very early, uh, the, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's not every day that we, we get to talk about the, the very early days of this business. And I think it's, it might be fun to... Listeners to to hear about, um, because I mean, when we go back to those early days uh, around the, the, the shift of the century, ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one, um, SEO was uh, seemed to be like a whole different world, <laughs> a oh, yeah. whole different. How, how how did you see it back then, and and especially compared to to how it is today? Um, well, I I had more fun because we really had puzzles to sort. And today, all the stuff we did back then is standard SEO today. We invented it. Yeah. And it, it was our creative spirit. You know, I mean, I was reading, and I'm dead serious, I was reading my own sentence back to me that I'd written 10 years ago in the Google, the new Google basic SEO doc. Have you seen that? <laughs> the, I mean, I, I was reading through that, and I think, gosh, even Google is guilty of this. You know, they're just just lifting an entire sentence or two of my own text from back then, you know? I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't blame them. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's business as usual, but I mean, it's kind of uh, the way things go in this world. So for those who are new today, uh, you know, I, I, um, I think that, uh, you know, to really, to really stand out from the crowd of everybody that just has push button SEO, is to try to invent something because push button SEO isn't going to work. And, you know, the other thing is that, Mikkel, we had so many engines to play with. I mean, InfoSeek and AltaVista <laughs> and Hotbot and everything inked me, you mentioned. And so oh. <laughs> these things are no Lycos and, uh, uh, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Excite. That was that was a, a, uh, may, maybe some some people don't don't actually know that, but that was a time before Google. Google oh, was yeah. around at all. They were they were like uh, these very young students nobody heard about yet. That's uh, right. It was it was. I mean, we're talking way before that. I think actually they started working with their stock, but nobody knew about. Them. Uh, they had the they had the the Stanford University uh, agent called Backrub. 
Yeah. And, and Backrub was written in Python, of all languages. It was probably just an experiment for them, but it worked, yeah. and, the, and they applied the hyper, anatomy of a hypertext search engine, which is their, their, their paper. Uh. And uh, they created it, and it worked. And, you know, I mean, it was smart because they simplified, uh, and now they've turned into Yahoo. I mean, I can't tell the difference between the two engines anymore. No, it's I mean, it's it's, diff it's definitely uh, much different now, and of course the domination of, of Google these days are, are very very different. I mean, if we, I mean, one of the one of the, at least at one point uh, back in that time, I think Alcibiades Vista was was kind of the king of, of of the hill, and and I you know back then the the funny thing is that that most people had the same feeling about Alta Vista as most people have today about Google that. That they are gonna be on top of the world uh, forever, um, and and I'll I repeated it again, again and again. Nobody lives forever. <laughs> no company, <laughs> no no people, no animals, no oh. not even the big religions of the world have survived. That's forever. right. I mean, know, take... I mean, nothing survived forever, and not Google are not gonna survive either. The, no. the big question, of course, is like like Elsa Vista. I mean, very suddenly, or at least kind of suddenly. Totally died out from being like the number one in the world to being nothing. Um, do you think the same thing is going to happen to Google eventually? How or, or when? <laughs> oh, I think it's going to happen tomorrow because actually Twitter has figured out a revenue model, and Google Instant Search is is just going to is going is just nothing compared to uh, Twitter Instant Search and. You know, promoted tweets are there. So I mean, if they've if they've figured out the ad model, then advertisers are going to run to Twitter, and it's going to eat straight away into Google's pie. And so, the less money they make, the more desperate they'll get. And frankly, they've got a crawler that's great, but they don't have the most recent Twitters in in their engine. Twitter has that, and and kept it very cleverly. So, I actually think that Google will, you know, start losing tomorrow against Twitter for search, for instant search. Um, and when it comes to actually looking for information, I really do like Wolfram Alpha. Uh, they haven't really gotten a user usability thing down yet, but, um, you know, I mean, to, to, to be fair, they're really targeting information seekers. If you're looking for, for a product or something, you, you can still go to Google today, but it's more like a, just a vehicle for advertising, which is sort of just a shopping engine. They've become... They've become a shopping engine, like yeah, they become uh, the, yeah. the 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 spammy version of the yellow pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Twitter, Twitter doesn't try to uh, uh, do anything except allow some promoted tweets how they're going to make money, and the rest of it is user-driven content. But it's immediate user-driven content. It's fresh. It's right there. So, sure, the the thing is very short. But that's actually all people really want. And, and you can get a wealth of information and you can get a general sense or a general feel for information just quizzing Twitter. So, I mean, I, I just don't see Google having that much value. And as they lose uh, more and more um, audience and as advertisers start to dissipate, they'll just become a has-been. I'm not going to say they're going to die tomorrow. I'm just going to say it's it's already happening. Twitter's going to start eating their lunch. And it's... It's going to happen right around the corner. It's going to happen very soon. And um, having said that, uh, I think we will take a very short break uh, to present our sponsors. So uh, please stay with us for a couple of minutes and we will be back. 
If the studio is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> the lower the temperature drops, the closer you are to AFCON 2010 Miami. Book a luxurious suite for AFCON 2010 Miami at the Fairmont Turnberry Isle Resort and Club by logging on to bit.ly slash AFCON Miami. Escape the cold and embark to our winter oasis for affiliate marketers at AFCON 2010 Miami, December 8th through 10th. You can register now by going to AFCON2010.com. That's A-F-F-C-O-N-2010.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for mass maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. Round trip plane tickets, $1,100. Four-night hotel stay, $900. Conference passes, $2,000. And to think how far your dollar could go every month by working with webmasterradio.fm. On air and on demand at some of the most premier trade shows around. We report from booth to booth, session to session, keynote to keynote. That can be sponsored by you. Plus, we throw unforgettable networking functions where your message can be conveyed via audio or video from the ceiling to the floor. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for a free consultation. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point. We are live. It's Monday. And with me, I have Deezer Johnson. And just before the break, uh, Deezer announced the death of Google uh, tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, are you... Are you uh, well, are, I you remember... that, uh, are you saying that 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 search in general are gonna go away or just decline a little bit, or is it specifically Google's uh, way of, of of dealing with the market that you um, think is gonna go away? What? Well, we we all know how um, quickly things change on the web, and I really do think that um, uh, the interactivity and mobile coming online, more and more people are going to go to Twitter for search. And it's so such a mobilized platform. And yeah, you've got Google and you know, you, you're gonna always need services like uh, you know, to find local information. So Google Maps is pretty important and Google's pretty strong in the mobile space too. I'm not taking that away. 
I'm just saying that they've become a shopping engine, like a shopping service. Their information retrieval is really pretty poor because, I mean, if I know that the top-ranking site's going to be Wikipedia, why do I need Google? I've got a Wikipedia app on my iPhone. I'll just go to Wikipedia straight. So if I'm not doing if if I'm not doing anything that need that I need Google for, I mean, what do I need Google for except to maybe find some reviews? While there are other shopping engines too, I can go to Become.com, for example, you know, and look at user reviews. You know, I mean, there's just so much things I can do, so many things that I can do without Google, and uh, they really haven't become a necessity. They've become a they become a or they, what they've done is they've done a they've gotten a really good job of being sticky for a huge number of users today, and you know that's that's important. They're they're still they're not going to just be out of business necessarily, but it's it's just going to be a you know sort of a shopping service kind of site thing with maps and driven by photographs they make they take from robotic cars that drive around in the streets without a driver. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole different story. I guess <laughs> they're indexing they're indexing the the real world with the cars. I mean, maybe they can turn that into something, but you know, I don't know. It's Street View. It's that's what it is. We already see it. We know it. It's an impressive service, and if they can make money out of that, but the the fact is that their YouTube is probably uh, their strongest play today. I think. Yeah, that 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 might be true. Um, at least it is a very very strong uh, brand uh, to have the ownership of. There's no doubt about that. And also, uh, I mean, as you say, we 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 do see a trend in in user interaction going to the social medias, uh, Twitter, Facebook, primary winners, but also going to specialized places like YouTube, because I mean, if you know that you want to see a video with Britney Spears, why go to Google? I mean, then you go to YouTube and you search for it there and, and it's there. Um, and and also, I th- when was it? I, I saw the numbers on, on YouTube searches that is just outrageous. I mean, it's 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 actually, as you, if you considered YouTube a search engine, it would, what is it like, be the fourth or fifth biggest search engine in the world now? I mean, there's so many searches on YouTube. Um, it's, it's, it's virtually become a video search engine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, more, more than just a, a place to host the videos. So yeah, that that is definitely an interesting trend, and I think everybody is seeing that today. That, that not only are users moving uh, to social medias, but there also seems to be a combination of the two. Uh, I mean, the search engine address desperately, as you mentioned, trying to include uh, social medias in their search products. Um, but you don't think they, they, they do that uh, so well today or what? Oh, I think they do it as well as they can, and that's an impressive speed. Google is impressive in so many ways, and that's one of them. Uh, indexing Twitter, it's just it's, it's there within minutes. Uh, and that's by a backdoor deal that, you know, they made arrangements with Twitter to, be, uh, to have access. You know, so they're at the behest of Twitter for that, and that's fine. Uh, so that, but what does that do but benefit Twitter more than it ben- in that relationship, where Google will, uh, where Google has uh, value is when they have their own media, and their own media comes from ro- from the from the cars for Street View. Uh, they don't own the websites they crawl. That's that's not true. They they uh, they take snippets yeah. because otherwise they wouldn't be able to reproduce it at all. So, um, you know, I mean, the the only thing they own 
are the the images for the Street View and YouTube videos that that users upload, and they don't even own that; they just have rights to play it back. Yeah, but they they do have a a a, a, a full license for it. So so I mean it, it, that's they, they they do have the right to to commercialize all that content. So definitely, but but. And and that is very different to the websites because we we never gave them a license. Uh, That's right. You know, so they they just came around and took it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the it's the fair use they use to get away with it. Yeah, and I mean to some degree, I you know the fair use is is the the whole fair use uh, 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 legal framework is a pure uh, U.S. thing. Um, we we don't have it specifically. Uh, uh, put out like that in 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 most of European uh, copyright laws, and especially not in Danish uh, copyright laws. Uh, but you know, still, there's never been anybody in Denmark that that have been 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 questioning the legality of web search engines uh, like Google and, and and others before that. But there have been cases in Denmark, and there have been cases in Belgium and other places in Europe. Where where specialized search like Google News, as you know, have been 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 um, convicted as being uh, illegal. Um, right. Same thing happened in Denmark, not to Google News, but another service before Google News. So that's why we don't have Google News now because Google don't want to, you know, they don't want to set up Google News because there's there's already a a a, a what do you call it a, a standard within the legal system that that. Such a search and it would not be legal, so um, they, they they don't want to take on that fight, I, I guess, for 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 such a small market. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, I mean, we never we we never really questioned a web search, even though there's no license. But I think most of us agree that it is a fair use because they do take something from me when they call my website, and they do commercialize my content, but they also give me something back. In, ter- in, in return of qualified visitors that turn into business for me. So there's a, I think there's a fair trade. It's not just fair use. Yeah. There's actually fair trade. And that is where I have the problem going back to what we talked about a little bit before, going back to a search engine like Wolfram Alpha. I definitely think it's very, very interesting what they're doing. It's a very new, it's a very, I wouldn't say new because you invented that 10 years ago, but it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a new uh, uh, showcase of how you can, you can deliver answers and not just uh, uh, search results, how you can compute the data you find on the web to deliver. That whole idea is very, very interesting. Don't you think also that with answer machines like Wolfram Alpha, don't you also think that we, we are moving into a very big new challenge of copyright issues? Because where the fair trade, where the fair trade? Because they are now taking my content just like Google is doing, but they are computing my content and presenting results with it on their website. Why would people? Go to my website after they get that information on World from Alpha. So, what am I payback for giving them my content? Well, um, the uh, the way they present it is uh, certainly as uh, an answer, and then they also source it, which is actually um, all you need to do in fair use uh, law when you use a snippet. You just need to source it. With Google, they source it by giving the link. Uh, with Wolfram Alpha, there's a button that says, you know, where they got the source information. But the truth is that um, it depends but on that's, the query. That's, but that's not enough. 
I mean, uh, for, right. let me give you an example. For instance, uh, in Denmark, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's copyright protected from a company that delivers the the weather information. Right. And uh, and that they that the pure data of that weather information is is their is their uh, uh, ownership. And so yeah. if Wolfram Alpha took that, so I could I could actually get the weather report on Wolfram Alpha using that data. Uh, then I think, uh, according to Danish law, and I think most European law, that that would be illegal. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be areas if they do that that it's a problem. But um, where I see the information on weather over here is is uh, uh, public information. Yeah, um, and that might be different from from region to region, of course. Um, yeah, and they don't, and they generally don't crawl the web. Uh, they basically have the certain data sources they go fetch information from. Uh, in order to keep it fresh, and and there's some data they keep, you know, in house as well to serve up. I mean, you can get nutrition information, which generally isn't going to change. So you can ask, well, what's the nutrition in a tablespoon of butter? You know, 100 grams fat, and uh, and so on. Uh, so I mean, it, it's it's pretty. Um, uh, 100 calories fat actually is what it is. But, so, but the whole point is that that is not going to change. Butter is always going to be butter. And so when they have that information, um, and it's pretty generally known fact, they can put it in. And they still source where they get their information from, which would be from a U.S. Uh, government source on nutrition. So, I mean, there's, there's sources like that. But where Wolfram Alpha really um, takes it three-dimensional is that you can plot graphs. You don't have to be only using it to search information because it is a computing engine that you can actually say, yeah. well, uh, plot this graph. And if you write the math out correctly, it'll draw a pretty picture. Yeah. And also you can do uh, a totally uh, crazy dimensions uh, like the relationship between Wine uh, uh, brewing in 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 France and 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 cutting down forest in Japan or something you know totally different numbers and you can compute them and dimension them, uh, which I I do think that it's very very interesting, but but I just you know I, I was just thinking that, that I mean that you I mean a, a great great portion of the data that that uh, uh, an answer machine like Wolfram Alpha is using is of course something that could be considered public data um, official data sources but as far as I see what they're, they're doing there also seems to be a lot of stuff that is proprietary information that they're calling like they're calling everything else I do I, I did hear from them uh, 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 some time ago that they were, were actually going out and doing a lot of um, commercial license deals on a lot of this uh, uh, um, proprietary information. And in that case, uh. I'm perfectly fine. I mean, if you can cut license deal with, with content providers and take that content and compute it, that's perfect. You know, as long as there's a, there's a deal, um, it's only when um, when when uh, uh, when you don't have that deal and and you don't pay back in some kind of way um, for, 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 for what you, you take from others, um, yeah. that, that I have a problem with it. And, but it's going to be interesting to see how those business models works out. Um, but I, uh, the other thing I have a problem with right now, of course, just is that, that it's, I find it very interesting with Wolfram Alpha, but it's definitely not uh, uh, ready for mainstream. It's not something my mom would use. It's, it's no. not something <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's Wait. geeky. 
it's it's for a very very small audience in the shape and form that I see now. But but that could evolve, of course. I could that could change. My my favorite thing to do is is to use some queries that I might use regularly. Of course, weather forecast gives me the weather forecast and it geolocates me before setting it all up. But um, that's that's just easy and straightforward. But one of my favorite ones is if I want to watch uh, companies that are public, um, I do a search like employees, Google versus Apple. They will properly take that query and draw a graph of the number of employees over time, five years, ten years back, uh, the of the rate of employees, uh, Apple and, and Google Computer side by side. So you can do comparisons with Wolfram Alpha that you could you just can't do with any other engine at all. There is no engine out there but Wolfram Alpha that can do this. And you can add a third company if you like, and it'll draw a graph with three lines. Yeah. So it's illustrative. It can be used in reports. And mm -hmm. another thing I like, I mean, the first thing I do is use Wolfram Alpha before I use my own crawler when someone gives me the domain so I know a little about their hosting information and what their general traffic is like because it pulls Alexa in for that. You know, so, I mean, I don't have to go anywhere. I just load up Wolfram Alpha and do it. Yeah. It is definitely interesting. Now, uh, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, unfortunately, we just have one hour and we've been chatting on for so much time now. <laughs> um, but I did want to uh, just end with one one small little uh, issue on, um, I remember when, when we started out in the early days of SEO, it was just like there was just, we didn't even really call it SEO back then so much, but it was just a crowd of people doing this stuff with search. And, and there wasn't really that big of a distinction between us. Um, then later, uh, uh, during the early 2000s, uh, everything kind of split into uh, black hats and white hats and, and all this crazy uh, uh, stupidity started out with with, with the fights between uh, two different religions on all this. And then, of course... <laughs> yeah. Then, of course, there were people like you and me that were probably just, you know, moving around between stuff like we always always did and tried to, to work out what we found was right to do. Um, so playing more or less both sides of that, that, that stupid game. But the trend that I see today, and I just want to hear your comment on that, uh, is that, that I think it seems that we're moving a little bit closer to what it was in the old days where, where it's all just about SEO. It's, it's not so much about being in one extreme or being in another extreme, but actually doing the right thing about what works for your website and so on. How, yeah, I, I see it like this. I mean, the white hat, black hat was useful just to say, do you cloak or you do not cloak, you know, that kind of thing. And cloaking is so different. Uh, it became my, you know, it became, you know, personalization and, and, and different than page jacking was in the old days, right? Which, yeah. you know, so uh, the way I really view it today is that perfectly, you know, strong white hat, quote unquote, white hat SEOs can do really bad dynamic SEO and be just as dangerous as a dumb black hat cloaker that gets their their client in trouble and banned from the engine. I, I, I saw, I, I mean, I see uh, CNET is a great example because I just saw it yesterday and it was a, a result page and, uh, or it was a top 10 result for, a, for one of the tablet, the new tablets that will be running Android. I was doing a search. I wanted to know the release date and it said, oh, there's a review by CNET for this thing, you know, and, and it said release date in the, in the description text that Google pulled. And I thought, oh, cool. I'll get it real quick. I click through, I go to CNET and it was empty. 
<laughs> all, they, anyway, all, they done, um, all they had done we, is put all those keywords in the title in an empty review. There was no review. There was nothing. It was just the template with nothing in it, zero. <laughs> And so that was obviously SEO, and that could be considered white hat dynamic SEO, right? I mean, right? You just you put together the template page, and, and you go, well, what are the keywords? And you put the keywords together, and then the site structure can deliver a page like that, and Google will fetch it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then you get an empty shit. And you know what's true is I'm sitting there trying to find the release information, and I have a bad experience. It reflects poorly on Google. Uh, and it reflects, you know, poorly on the SEO that handled uh, CNET, and CNET got screwed because they're paying for this crappy advice. Yeah. Anyway, um, we are running out of time. The studio is um, is pulling me with the hook, and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, we could probably be talking for another uh, few hours. Oh, but yeah. it has been really, really good to have you here, Deesa, and uh, I hope that you will be ready to step in another time um, because it's, uh, I feel that there's so much more we can talk about. We only covered the first few years of SEO, and there's about 10 more years to cover. So um, do you want to say anything? Uh, about oh, thank you, Mikkel, and absolutely would be my pleasure to join again. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Deesa. Um, and we will be back live uh, next Monday again, and I think Dave should be back there. So um, until then, just have a good time and enjoy yourself. Ciao, everybody. Bye -bye.